long, long time ago, did a study on the tabernacle, and I can remember when we came to the, the brazen altar. Remember the big brazen altar where they would offer their sacrifices, where the, uh, that they would come and sin offerings and all the various offerings that they had to do. And upon this altar, uh, when they set it up, the Lord said some very interesting things that we can parallel with our born-again experience and our walk with Almighty God. And I do. I absolutely hope that the Spirit of God will touch your ears that you can hear because, you know, our salvation is free. It's a gift of God. It's a grace, a work of grace and faith. We understand all that, but there are things that you need to do. You need to maintain your walk with Almighty God. How many of you have a wood burner? Eh, not too bad. Not too bad. Okay, well, I'm sure you got that thing toasty since it was, what, five today or something. So compare your walk with God. Don't touch that wood burner for a week. Don't touch it for a week. You come Sunday morning, you throw some wood in that thing, and then expect to be hot and fired up uh, for the rest of the week. And this is something that you've constantly got to do with God, and I'm afraid we don't. This born-again experience, you understand, it's supernatural. It's supernatural. It's from heaven. It's not you just deciding, you know what, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have uh, good morals. I'm going to try to read the Bible, and I'm going to try to attend church. Now, if, th if that's what it is, then you got religion. Well, if you are born again, something supernatural, something from heaven exploded inside of you. A fire was lit inside of you if you are truly born again. And so, God, it's kind of like this altar. We're going to see when they, they, God gave them the dimensions for everything to build exactly and precisely. And so they had this thing all set up, wood under it, food on top of it, but no fire. And then the first time that this altar, this brazen altar that God told them to, to build, the first time it was lit, it was lit from heaven. Fire came down. And struck those wood, and they had fire from that moment on. And God told them from that moment on, don't ever let that fire go out. Do you understand? They moved all over the place in the wilderness. This brazen altar was, I can't quite remember, it was seven foot square, I think, four foot high. Brazen, brass, heavy. And yet there was a, a fire in there, and God told them, don't you ever... Don't you ever let that fire go out. That fire came from heaven. Wouldn't it have been awesome to be there? And this brazen altar is cold and hard brass sitting there. And all of a sudden, whether it's a crack from heaven or a rumble, and a lightning strikes or fire just falls. And you see that it's supernatural. Fire. Man didn't walk up there with a bick or a match. It came from heaven. It came from Almighty God. It came from whose eyes are like fire. Maybe his eyes, fire shot out of his eyes and hit that altar and consumed the offering. And God said, don't you ever let that fire go out. That's what should have happened to you when you became born again. Did you let it go out? You know, you can tell by your face. You can tell the countenance to those who are pumped for God. And I'm not just talking about yelling. 
I'm talking about you can see it in their walk. You can hear it in their voice for the abundance of what what speaks. The abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can hear it. You can see it. You can see it in their eyes. Eyes are supposed to be like a window to the soul. So your countenance, you can be going, amen, amen. I can be looking at you going, oh, my, oh, my. It's the truth. It's absolute truth. Leviticus 6.12 says, And the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. Shall be. Shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning. You are a royal priesthood. It's your job to get off your blessed assurance and get some wood and throw it in the altar to keep that fire going. And our wood is Bible reading, it's seeking God, it's worshiping, it's hearing the Word of God, and it's praying. Throw some wood in, and it will keep that countenance aglow for God no matter what you go through. It will protect you, it will purify you. You will see here. So he says, you shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it and shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Okay, boys, pack up. We're moving. The cloud is taken off. Well, what about this brazen off? We're moving. Keep the fire going. No matter what happens, no matter how deep the trail, no matter how long the trail, we're moving. Keep the fire going. It's not just this microwave offering. That's what we do. See, we make man-made religion. We cut this big brazen altar down to, to, to keep it. We just have this little microwave, two-second microwave, wait, watch your dinner. Blech. <laughs> <laughs> Leviticus 9.24 tells us that the whole scene was set up and there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat which when all the people saw it they shouted and fell on their faces fell on their faces that's what we need you understand not pushed on your back not told on the count of three let's yell Jesus I'm talking about an encounter with Almighty God, that we just fall on our faces from the glory of God, from the majesty of God, from the wonders of God. And God says, this is how I lit this thing in you. This is what I gave you from day one. Thirty-six years ago from me, this is what God lit in me. Now, it's not of me, but God tells me there are things you are supposed to do every morning, every day, daily bread. I die daily. You throw that wood upon that altar and keep that thing burning. Only you can do it. We can deliver wood, which we do every morning. We can chop it up every night, set it on your table. But if you don't implement it in your life, if you don't throw it on your altar, you will soon be cold and dead and smelly ashes. And you could be sitting here this morning. Matthew 3.11 says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Who is still asking God every day, fill me with the Holy Ghost? 
That was a question. Is that an answer? That's a sad answer. This is not a game. That's a sad answer. We are in the last days. Do you understand? You could wake up tomorrow and find out that New York is gone or half gone or on fire. It was prophesied by an unbelievable man of God that one day he will see 1,000 fires burning out of control in New York. Jeremiah 20, verse 9 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But the word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. Does that happen to you? Does that fire keep raging inside? Now listen, you must be honest. Remember the message I passed out at 100 masks or something, and we all had little masks on separate? And I said, unless you take the mask off and be totally honest with God, you're never going to break through. You're never going to get anything. We are not called to be a cute church. We're not called to just grow and and uh, have sweetheart banquets. We're not. Those are just type of fellowship things to keep you somewhat uh, in love with each other, which is the hard calling. <laughs> Isn't it? It is. Ezekiel 1, 27. I want to see this. And he said, I saw the color of amber as the appearance of fire round about within it, from the appearance of his loins even upward, even from the appearance of his loins even downward. I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire, and it had brightness round about, as the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. And when I saw it, I fell on my face and I heard a voice. Does that give anybody a hunger? Anybody a stirring? God, we got to have this. We truly got to have this, Lord. So you pick up another log and you throw it on the fire again. We do what we got to do and leave it up to God. We're not going to manufacture a move. We're not going to have a button up here where I can hit and fire shoots out of something. It's going to be miraculous. And it's going to be holy. And we need it badly. Pick up another log and throw it on the altar. Been saying probably to the tail end of the year about asking God to fill you with the Holy Ghost. Every day. Asking. And if you're saying, well, I already speak in tongues, you're missing what I'm talking about. That's just an indicator. We're wanting you filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. Every day you must ask, you understand, we leak. We leak every day. And so we must have this if we're going to be a true, holy, powerful church in those last days. Wicked spirits have been let loose upon our nation. Hearts are hardened. And here we sit. We should be prepared and ready. When I have found myself in the midst of fire, and when I have been on fire myself, I don't have trouble hearing the voice of God. I don't. Not at all. Exodus 19 says, And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke. 
Yeah, we'll leave that one alone. Because the Lord descended upon it in fire. The Lord descended upon you or me. It can happen. It must happen. It's supposed to happen. This is a supernatural walk. We serve a supernatural God who still does wonders and miracles and power and might all the time, daily, every day. And the smoke thereon ascended as the smoke of a furnace, and the whole mountain quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake, and God answered him by a voice. Most of us live in the realm with, you know, I think God's saying, I'm not really sure, I don't know. I, th I think he is. I wonder what the will of God is for me. And so your wood burner, you can go like this. You just can. It's, it's just a fact. If you just say amen, because that's what that means. Amen. I agree. And, and Deuteron Daniel 3 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was just astonished, and he rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we cast three men bound in the midst of that fire? They answered and said unto the king, True. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loosed, walking in the midst. That's where God is. He's in the fire. You are to be that burning bush. You are. You are to be the burning bush. It's not my job to set you on fire today. It's not it's your job. With God, you and God, you come here on fire. You bring the fire. You're saying, I don't feel the presence of God here. Then get it and bring it here. Amen. It's a, you, you are the temple. Paul says, what? Know ye not? You bring it here. You should be walking in the presence of God, communion, having sweet fellowship, and then you all come here. It should be amazing. Our American Christianity, we've dummied down this thing, and we're missing out. And the window's getting smaller. You might say, yeah, on you, you're 60 years old. Now, I'm not talking, I'm talking about just in America. It's getting smaller for my six-year-old grandson. He's got to get this. He's got to get this. And right now he's counting on Grandpa because he's only six. Do you understand that? Acts 18.24 says, And a certain Jew named Apollos, born at Alexandria, an eloquent man and mighty in the Scriptures, came to Ephesus. This man was instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the Spirit. Are you fervent? Fervent in the Spirit. He spoke and taught diligently the things of the Lord, knowing only the baptism of John. That's all he knew. And he was fervent. Fervent. Looked up that Scripture so many times, and that means red, white, hot. Fervent. In the Spirit. Fervent. That's where we should be. We can be fervent in work, fervent in hobbies, 
fervent in sports, fervent in how we look, fervent for the Steelers, fervent for the Buckeyes, fervent for the soaps, what Laura's going to do with Bill on Monday and John and... Jesus said, I baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire, fire, fire from heaven. I must stay on fire. doesn't take long for the wood burner. I mean, it just doesn't. You, you, you got to chop wood. You guys that do it, it's a lot of work. You got to do it. You have to do it. You got to go out. You got to have a saw. You got to have wood somewhere. You got to have a truck to put it in. You got to have a splitter or a, all that stuff, Daniel Boone stuff you guys like. You got to have a place to put the wood. You got to have the wood burner itself. It's got to have the, the thing that's right that won't catch your whole house on fire. It's got to go through it. It's got to draft right. And you got to do it every day. <laughs> Fire purifies. That's one reason why you must stay on fire. That's why there's so much sin in the house of God. Because fire purifies. It just does. I mean, if you've got a log and it has a bunch of gunk or junk or stuff or, I don't know, fungus, mold, whatever them things that grow on it, ants, I don't care what it is, and you throw it in a fire, it's history. It's done. It purifies. gone. You don't have to worry about them. Fire purifies. Malachi 3.1 says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, whom you seek, shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember, I'm this temple. They're talking about the temple in the old, but I'm the temple in the new. And God says, If you press, if you push, you keep throwing wood, suddenly... He'll come to the temple, not just for a goosebump or a twirl to a song, but a life of holiness and moving in the Spirit and hearing the voice of God in a church, a true church, that could do something and affect and effect the community. Oh, it's glorious. If you got ears to hear. Verse 2 says, But who may abide in the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire and like fuller's soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. And he shall purify the sons of Levi. That's you. You. He shall purify and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. That's what we want. We want to worship in the fire of Almighty God. Not just sing. We want to worship Him and adore Him. Sing, but not just sing. Luke 3.16 says, John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mighty and I that cometh that latcheth of his shoes, I am not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor. Lord, purge this floor. Right here in front of you, God. Purge it. Purge it with the holiness of Almighty God. Purge it, God. Let your holy fire fall on this church. Purge it. Purge all the junk, including me, God. Purge it. 
whose hand, the fan, is in his hand, purging. I've always asked God, I said, God, please, don't let people practicing sin sit here comfortably. Please, God. Let them squirm. Let them fidgety. Let them get up and down. Let them run out the back. If they don't, run to the altar. He's a holy God. If God shows up, you're not going to high-five him. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> you're going to hit the deck. And you're not going to be looking up and see if everybody hit the deck. You're going to be on your face, shaking in the presence of a whole... Mountains can't handle him. Mountains. You understand that people try to climb and they can't handle them. They're going to melt like your candle that you lit, ladies. Mountains, Mount Everest, before God. It's impossible for them to stand. We must have the fire to be pure because what? God says, blessed are the pure in heart for what? They shall what? See God. Blessed are the pure. And you can't say, okay, God, I'll cut down my movies to have ten F words to just two F that's not that's the American junk. Let God do his work in you. You know, some of you guys are fantastic. Don King's probably one of the greatest builders I know. Some of you guys are absolutely awesome. I've mentioned Ron Mattis, but his I mean, uh, that was another brother of mine. Ron Holcher with his mechanic ability. Some of you guys are unbelievable. And I call upon you and I got this car problem and I pop this hood and here you are and I say, Excuse me, here, let me just show you. It's like this over here and see this here and it's like this over there, over there. And the master mechanic is like this. How stupid would that be? Right? Wouldn't that be stupid, John? I called John over, and John is unbelievable, and he just stands there. He goes home. His wife says, did you help, Pastor? He's like, no, he didn't let me do nothing. It's the same thing with God. God, let me see. I need this right here. No, 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 God, wait. I know what to do, and this and that, and this. And Almighty God, you tie the hands of God. We can't do that with this church. Say, God, you've got to come. In your majesty, and your might, and your purifying fire, Lord, purge it out of us, Lord. Listen, for the sake of others, and in the long run, be for the sake of your soul. But for the sake of others, we've lost that. Man, our founding fathers did all that stuff for others. Those who fought the war for Christianity did all that for us. We're walking on the blood of the martyrs that those who have gone before us. Somehow, in these last centuries, whatever it is, we have made this a me religion. And we're no longer doing it for anybody, but we're doing it for us now. For our own selves. Consuming it on our own selves. Proverbs, uh, Psalms 24.3 says, Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? That's a question. I'm going to do that tonight. I want to ascend into the holy place of God tonight. I want you to come back with that attitude. Lord, we've got, we got to do something, God. Do something. We've got to just worship and plead and cry out to you. Well, who's going to be able to do that? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. Fire also protects. 
purges and it protects. Zechariah 2, 5 says, For I, saith the Lord, will be under her a wall of fire round about, and will be the glory in the midst of her. Many of you I have prayed for and said, God, put a wall of fire around their heart and their mind, because it protects. And when the enemy comes with this filthy dark, dark, they just get consumed in the holy fire of God and fall helplessly away from you. If you walk in the fire and you throw another log on, and keep the fire going that God said, now here it is, don't let it go out. Exodus 14 says, And it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled in the heart of Pharaoh, and all his servants were turned against the people. And they said, Why have we done this, that we have let Israel go from serving us? And he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and the captains and every one of them. This was this unbelievable army of Egypt. They, they were now enraged that they let the Jews go, and they have all their fine-tuned, high-tech equipment, and they're Howling after those feeble little Jews who have staffs. Because it says, The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. Verse 19 says, And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them. Is that awesome or what? You remember they would follow the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They followed it. And all of a sudden, the enemy's coming like crazy, barreling down on It's impossible for them to do anything. Yet the fire that purifies all of a sudden goes behind them and keeps the enemy at bay while they fulfill what God has called them to do. Absolutely awesome. Where is that in your life? Do you see that? Are these just stories? You know, the goose that laid the golden egg and all those silly fair Is that what all this is, or is this reality, real stuff? Would that have been awesome to see a fire moving? <laughs> we all turn around and look, and we see the fire keeping the enemy at bay. The fire protects when you are, man, I'm telling you, when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't know. You don't know what you might prevent or keep from going on, from happening. But when we ask you, how many? Man, less than a dozen out of all this church. When God declares and commands us to be filled, tarry here until you be endued. It's a command from God, not just a, a one-timer. Remember, we have prayed and sought God, and I did before I knew any of you. Told God all the time, what, over and over, I don't want some uh, little church, and I don't mean anything bad by this. This was just where I was and am. On some rolling little place back in the country was there only deer and sheep. I want to be right on the main line. I want to be in the front line. I want to be on the main road, God. And he did it. God put us... And then Ruth and I started praying, okay, God, send them. Send them to us, God. You know who you sealed to send them to us. Here you sit. 
here we are in the last days and our nation going crazy, making ridiculous decisions. Here we are where we should be primed and ready. Psalms 34, 7 simply tells us, And the angel of the Lord encampeth around them that fear him and delivereth them. Go ahead. Take that risk in God. Be led by the Spirit of God. Throw another log on the fire. Hear the voice of God clearly instead of, I wonder, I think, should I, maybe, I don't know. Jesus said in Luke 12, 49, I am come to send fire on the earth. Send it here, God. Send it here. Now, this is just the way it is, and I'm included in this. I am a Christian, and I am an American. So I've qualified that, clarified that. The statement is, Christians and America are like our wood burners, or like the wood burner I had. I did have a wood burner. I almost became one of you wood chopping, wood burning, candle melting person, wood burners. You know why you are, or most of us are? Because of wood burners, probably hot, four months out of 12. Our wood burner, Ruth would decorate it. <laughs> what do you do with a wood burner in July, in June, uh, even in May? I mean, what do you do with it? Keep it lukewarm? Ooh, we don't want that. We don't want to go there. What do you do with the thing in those months? I mean, really, it only comes to play like now. And your wood burner's probably just uh, fired up and just doing what it's supposed to do. But come May, we'll probably go like this. June, July, August, September. And 6,000 souls are going to hell an hour. An hour. And eight months out of four are wood burners. And you know what else happened? I lived on Jackson Road, which is just a, a few years back. And the gas line came down. And they asked me if I wanted it. I said, yep. And the first thing I got rid of was that hit the road, man. Eight months. You don't do nothing but just stand there in my, get out. You take too much room. Get out. Big old heavy black thing. I mean, you understand what I'm saying? What God, you, you have to be hot because after a while, that's what God does. Do you understand? God says, I lay the axe to the root. Why cumbereth the ground? That word cumbereth means unemployed. Why are you unemployed? When God's employment is 100%. And so God comes to his people over and over and over. And asks them, commands them, seek me, pray, get filled with the Spirit of God. But we don't. We don't. That word come birth means to render idle, unemployed, inactive, just like my wood burner. As the owner of that wood burner, I made the decision to get rid of it. Why take up all this space in the family room, 
Just get rid of it. And I've been saying, God, please don't get rid of me. I'm serious. I do that. I don't know what you guys do. I do. I say, God, please help me. Help me, Lord. You've got to put a heart in me that will go and cut wood. Because it, it takes work. It takes work because all the forces of evil are against you wanting to serve God. Why cut wood when you can watch the ball game? I mean, you know, it's just true. What are you going to do? I would tell God, God, he said, no, all through my 36 years. Say, Lord, I like football. And so football season would come. I'd, now, I'm not saying you can't watch it. Don't, don't do that legalistic garbage. I'm going to make a point. So football, like now, is starting to wind down. But, man, I love hockey. I mean, it's the truth. And hockey season, I mean, it rivals football. I just love the playoffs and all that. Just <clears throat> And that's probably, I don't know when, hockey probably ends up in June. You know, and then baseball starts. And then football camp. And then all you NASCAR freaks, that's in a couple of weeks. Isn't that true? That's, do you understand what I'm saying? There's something Every day that the enemy can keep us from throwing a log on the fire. From keeping it going. And ladies, you know, come off it. It's the same. What Some of you probably don't like sports, but come on. Look, Ruth and I had to go to the ER yesterday. Pray for Ruthie. She's doing better. But it was crazy. Go in the ER, in her little room, looked at the TV, and HGTV's on. In the ER. <laughs> So, I mean, you can have HGTV, you can have How to Cook TV, you can have HRT. I don't know what all they are called. There's always something to keep us from throwing a log on. The fire. And we fall for it as Americans. We fall for it so bad that I think it was Bruce and I was talking last night after we were praying. We don't even know really what a real Christian walk is like. We don't. And I'm saying that to my own shame and transparency. I mean, I was just born again in 1974, and they told me this is what it was. This is it. I'm like, yeah, this is finally it. And, you know, you're not far down the road. You're thinking, wow, really? Well, how come that person don't like me? I carry a Bible. They carry a Bible. I see them over there going, they look at me, and I'm going, how can that be, God? It's only going to be the fire of God that purges nonsense out of us, that purges silliness out of us, that purges us from wasting time, stuff that's not necessary. Can you imagine what you're going to have to look at when you stand before Almighty God? Really? I mean, seriously, do you ever think of that? Do you understand you are going to stand somewhere? At the end of your life, if it's the white throne judgment line, you're lost. You're damned. You're done. You've blown it. No way out. Unless you stand before Christ. Then at least you know. But then you're going to hear about it. All that you should have and could have. 
And right now, you and I have that window to be able to do that. Some of our lives, we've wasted an awful lot of time. But aren't you glad God said, I will give you back the years that you've wasted, that you've dilly-daddled with this? Seven jobs, nine careers, ten degrees, whatever it is. And God wants this church to be focused on being filled with the Spirit of God and walking in the majesty, in the splendor, and the power of God. Listen, listen, because the majority, 99% of American Christians don't know what that is. We do everything wrong when it comes to attempting to serve God. The Bible tells us without me, God says you can do nothing. The Bible tells you in Jeremiah, it's not even in you to know what to do. It's not even in you to know what to do. And so we flounder. Look what I'm saying. Hey, let's just go before God. Let's just stand before him and say, God, we've got to do something. Even when we don't know what to do, God, we've got to do something. Even if we've tried this a kabillion times before, God, we've got to do something. My wife said to me the other day, so what are you going to do, quit? I'm like, what? No. Because I was like, Ruth, done that, I tried that, I tried this, try to get these people, try to get those people, try to get the community, try to get the pastor, try to get this, try to get that. And I'm like, geez, Ruth. <laughs> Her great words of compassion, laying sick in bed, what are you going to do, quit? I'm like, no. No. No, not quit. And so all I know to do is say, okay, I'm giving you opportunity to throw a log on the fire. How long is that video? Oh, word, Andrew. How long is that video, Andrew? Do you know? Four minutes, maybe, I hope. Patrick, maybe you can start killing lights. I was going to save this for tonight, but maybe this will bring you back tonight. I don't know. Maybe. A group of people totally messed up. Some have seen this before. I don't think I've ever shown it to the morning church. No hope. Remote. Lost. Suicide out of control. Drunk. Alcoholism. All over the place. How long is it, Andrew? Well, we're watching it. Let's watch. It happened in the middle of winter, February 28, 1999. Believers had gathered. Yes. Look, I'm not trying to copy that, but I hunger for that. A move of God. I'm not saying, God, you got to do it like that. you got to leave our sound system work, even though it's all. I don't care about that. All I want you to see is moves of God happen, real ones. We hear so much trash and so much junk. I think some of us have lost hope and faith that, that anything will happen. God says, I am a rewarder of those that diligently seek me. And we're not diligently seeking. Even when we do come to pray, we're quiet as mice, or we end up talking to other people. And I understand it's great to have brothers and sisters in Christ. It really it is. It's awesome. 
just like the funerals that we've had, just there's nothing like the family of God to come and help. That's awesome. But we have to tune everybody out and get a hold of God. Really. Get a hold of God. In fact, I'm to the point where, are you looking at me? Like, I'm up to here. Even with our Sunday night. I, I go in my office all the time and say, God, what, what are we doing? I just whip up another meal and you eat it. And we leave. I don't even know what we're going to do tonight. But I don't think I'm just going to whip up another meal. I think we're going to count and trust on Michael seeking God and seeing what the Lord will have him do with worship. Counting on our singers and our band to seek God. So if they clear their throat, the anointing starts. I'm counting on you, bushes, to come on fire. Maybe we'll just stand before God here. Sing, worship, and pray. Revelation tells us there is hidden manna. You ever hear that? Hidden. Really, God? Where is it, God? Where is it? God says, I will reward those that diligently. Where is that manna? Where is it, God? That seek me. For the sake of my grandchildren, for the sake of yours, those that are on their way, our children already. So what I'm asking you to do is come back. But come back ready to throw logs on the fire. And if I'm tired, help me throw a log on the fire. So I'll help you, Pastor. I'll encourage you, Pastor. You know how? Well, when I look and I see you going, (laughs) tell you the truth, that's the best thing for me. And I think, okay, thank you. We need a move of God. No strings, no hype. Just God, we need a move of God. We need a move of God. If that beats in your heart, then I trust I'll see you tonight. I know that's some of your work, and that's fine. I'm not asking you to miss work. No, be a good worker. Be a good worker. You can throw logs on while you work.
That's good. So we're going to end this way. We're just going to end with one person praying. And then we're just going to look to God tonight. God to even tell me, Lord, who do you want to pray? Father, I want to thank you for giving me that fire being born again. And Lord, if I've let it gone out, I ask that you would forgive me, please. Lord, that you would give me strength to cut wood, to gather it, and to start throwing it on again. Father, put it in the hearts of the people to forget what's behind. Forget what they've done. Forget the time they've wasted. Forget the mess that they've made. And now just press. kind of interesting because I had this message prepared and ready to go and then came over here Saturday night and prayed with some of the men and I I have a phone that just kind of lights up when I have a Facebook message and I was just kind of and it just lit up with this long letter of encouragement almost pleading with me, don't quit, don't quit, don't stop. It's going to happen. I have faith that it's going to happen, and I'm with you, Pastor Joe. Now, when I went home, I found Ruthie sick, and we had to do our little thing at the hospital. But even in the hospital room, I had that thing open. I'm reading it to Ruth. I said, listen, listen to what this said. It was just like a confirmation from God that it's going to happen. Adam, I think God wants you to pray. You want to come up here?